0: You're listening to the service podcast of Faith Christian Family Church in Rushville, Illinois. Today, Pastor Brandon is continuing with part two of his series, Presence, how we can live in and practice the presence of God every day of our lives. We're so glad you tuned in with us today, and we hope you enjoy this teaching. I want to continue our series on living and abiding in the presence of God. We started this last week, and you know, Uh, Kind of termed it, uh, for lack of better terms, practicing the presence of God. So I just want to review a little bit here. What is practicing the presence of God? You might say, Pastor Brandon, that sounds kind of, you know, you're bringing God's presence, His holy presence and His Holy Spirit down to such a natural, earthly, and fleshly place. But we're not. If I said, you know what, when... We practice the presence of God. What we're doing is being more God conscious. We're worshiping Him, talking to Him throughout the day, praying, reading the Word, confessing the Word, doing all those things we call spiritual disciplines that it takes to stay in fellowship with Father God. What are we, in a sense, doing? We're practicing the presence of God. We're, we're, doing, we're doing that. We're making a, a, a purposeful effort to be conscious of the presence of God. And let me say something. This message, not because I'm preaching it, but let me say this subject. Let's say it like that. This subject of practicing the presence of God, walking in fellowship, knowing God, uh, fellowshipping with Him on a daily basis will change your Christian walk. I believe it's the key to victory in any area in your life, and I believe it's the key for the church, church, the body of Christ today. You might say, well, man, that's a pretty weighty statement, Pastor. Why do you say that? Because if you're more conscious of God than your own flesh, your own shortcomings, your own sin, your own mistakes, your own ability, and you're more conscious of God's Spirit on the inside of you, and you start to identify more with that, guess what? You start walking in freedom. You start walking in your God-given place. Your God-given authority because you know, you know what you're doing when you're walking in fellowship? You you know what you have to do to walk in fellowship and walk in a God consciousness? You have to identify. You have to identify who you are before you can fellowship with Father God because if you don't believe you're worthy, guess what? You're not going to identify. And so you have to identify that I'm a child of God. I'm righteous, not because of my own ability, but because of his ability in me, and what he did for me at the cross, and my faith in it is what makes me righteous, not my good, perfect, little, nice little works, right? And so we need to walk in a greater consciousness of God. This isn't some new age thought process that thing we're introducing here. This is becoming more aware, aware, making yourself more aware of the God on the inside of you than you are your own natural flesh. Listen, we have enough distractions, natural, fleshly, worldly, carnal, whatever you want to call it, paying bills, going to and fro, uh, taking care of the family, uh, issues, stressors, cares of life. We have enough of those surrounding us to keep us in the natural realm all the time, right? I mean, you can probably go days and weeks without, without feeling the presence of God, but that's not how it should be. That doesn't mean it should be like that, right? Remember we talked about uh, Brother Lawrence last week? You know who Brother Lawrence was? <laughs> well, let me let me say uh, re- review this scripture here. Let me go over this scripture here. John 17, 20 through 23. This was kind of our theme scripture. John 17, 20 through 23. I, this is Jesus praying for believers. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. He was praying for his disciples, and he's praying for the disciples that his disciples were going to make, which is us, right? He's praying praying for future believers that will come to the kingdom of God and believe on his name. And he says, I pray that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them, and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Jesus, his prayer is for us to be one with the Father. Now let me ask you this. Being one with the Father, knowing him, remember what Jesus said? He also said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he was so in communion with Father God knew him so well, he made that bold statement. He said, well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now I'm going to tell you what, you don't get like that by not being conscious of God. That's right. And if he prayed that, and he not only prayed it one time, he didn't pray one one time, he didn't pray one two times, he didn't pray that it would be one three times, he prayed that we would be one four times in that passage. So he wants us to be one with God. If I said, man, those two are one, what would you say that, uh, of those, those people? If, you know, my wife and us, you know, that's the goal is we slowly, you know, get to know each other even more. And, you know, you, you talk to the couples that have been married 50 and 60 years. They're one, right? They know each other, what each other's going to say. They know how they think. They know what they, you know, they're one. They know each other so well. That's what Jesus prayed for us. And that is the key to walking in a a consciousness and in fellowship with God. And this is what what Christ's will was for us. When we talked about Brother Lawrence, Brother Lawrence, that was his real name. That's not some Pentecostal uh, nickname. You know, we say, hey, Brother Smith, Sister So-and-So. You know, His name was Brother. He was a monk. (laughs) Brother Lawrence was a monk in France during the 1600s. He was assigned to the monastery kitchen where amidst the tedious chores of cooking and cleaning Uh, at the constant bidding of his superiors, he developed his rule of spirituality and work. Brother Lawrence learned to retreat to a place in his heart where the love of God made every detail of his life of surpassing value. He said, I began to live as if there were no one save God and me in this world. Together, God and Brother Lawrence cooked meals, ran errands, scrubbed pots, and endured the scorn of the world. Brother Lawrence learned to practice the presence of God throughout his day. To live moment by moment conscious of God's presence is the key to Christian living. This is the key to a growing personal relationship with God in the midst of the busyness of life. And we talked about that, how did Brother Lawrence do that? Okay, that's what we want to get down to. Okay, well, hey, I want that life. Man, you know, that's awesome to be in a place like Brother Lawrence problem is how do you get there right how do, I mean you just like talk to God like hey God uh, I'm conscious of you amen like how does that happen well kind of just like that you just talk to him <laughs> ain't somebody gonna say I'm crazy well they think you're crazy anyway right? You believe in a guy that died 2,000 years ago and uh, he rose from the dead. uh, He purchased your salvation and then if you believe in him, uh, somehow his spirit is going to come into you and make you born again and take you to this place called heaven when you die. Right? You have to have faith to believe that. But once you do, guess what? Oh man, that's truth. You know it's truth. Nobody could shake you from it. How in the world could millions and millions of people over centuries believe that, to the, some of them to their death? Because they know it's true, and the Spirit bears witness. You know what What this guy's telling me in the pulpit about this Jesus guy? It, it's true. It's convicting me, right? That's how you know. That's right. And so they're going to think you're crazy anyway because they don't understand. I'm not saying you go out in the supermarket and talk to your little friend when you're shopping for groceries out loud. Jesus... What kind of detergent would I get today? No. No, well, there's some, there are some key principles, and one of them is talking to God like that. But there are some key principles and practices that you can put into, uh, into motion in your life, into a practice in your life that will help you become more aware of God's presence, His love. It will help you more, be more sensitive to Him when He speaks to you. You ever had, you thought God... Spoke to you, and you're like, ah, was that me or was that God? Man, I, that, that felt like, felt like God, His Spirit in me, but I'm not sure. Guess what? You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Still takes faith, but you can know, you can become more conscious, more. That's what separated, listen to this the Smith Wigglesworths, the Kenneth E. Hagens, the John G. Lakes, the Catherine Kuhlmans. That's what made these people so great and spiritually great. They were conscious of God's indwelling presence. Guess what? That same spirit, that same presence abides in you just like it did them. There is no difference in you. There is no difference in Darren and Bob and John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth. Okay? Now, they had a distinct calling to work miracles, right? That's a, the Bible. I'm not negating the fact that God, Jesus, set uh, gifts in the body. He gave gifts to the man, evangelist, uh, you know, prophet, teacher, apostle, and with those callings come giftings. So that's going to flow more, right? But Bob and Billy and Darren and you can become just as conscious of God as Smith Willsworth and John G. Lake were. They just put it into practice. I was listening to a sermon the other day at John G. Lake and his, uh, I think it was his granddaughter, I think it was his granddaughter said she can remember going to his house and he would be sitting down in his recliner and they called called, uh, John G. Lake's uh, I, I think they said it's his little friend he's talking to. He'd sit in the recliner and talk to Jesus like you would me and you. Hey, Lord. How you doing today? Love you. And as he started out doing that by faith, guess what? It takes faith. Those that come to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you step out in faith to talk to God, guess what? You're believing that he hears you. And guess what? One day you'll be talking along by faith and all of a sudden it'll hit you. Whoa hey, he just spoke back to me. Wow, this works. I just just felt God. That's your spirit receiving communication from God. But he he acted like the supernatural was natural. Because guess what? It is natural. Because you are a spirit being first. You live in a shell called a body. And you have a mind and a will of emotions, which is your soul realm. And we talked about that last week, the separation of the spirit and soul. They're so close together, and only the word can divide that. I won't go into that. But your spirit, soul, and body are three parts. The spirit man, the real you on the inside, is what's going to live forever. When you pass on from... when this body shuts down, right, And and it passes on, your spirit's going to move on. And guess what? God is a spirit. God is... God does not communicate to you in your mind, in your soul. That's natural. That's that's how we communicate in this realm. He communicates in the spirit realm to your spirit on the inside of you. And it says his spirit bears witness with what? Your spirit, not your soul, that we are the sons and daughters of God. So what is bearing witness? If I said, hey, I'm giving witness to this fact. I'm giving proof, right? Call a witness to the... Okay, did you see this guy? Hit this guy. Yeah, he hit him. Yeah, he hit him. That guy right there hit him. What am I doing? I'm telling the jury that I'm saying, I'm confirming, I'm witnessing to the fact of this fact. And he says the same thing. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. He testifies that you're a child of God. And guess what? He testifies of other things too. He'll bear witness with your spirit, not your head. God is a spirit. Those that worship Him must worship Him in what? Spirit. And guess what? That takes faith. And to walk in this union, in this fellowship, in this closeness with God, walking in the presence, practicing the presence of God, it's going to take faith. Those that come to God must believe that He is a a rewarder. Guess what? What's He going to reward you with? You're already born again, right? You, You already got Jesus. What's He going to reward you with? His presence. More of Him. He's going to talk to you more. He's going to tell you things you know not of as you seek His face. Now, there are some practices that we we started talking about last week that you can get yourself in position to hear, to be more conscious of. i tell you what. I want to be more conscious of God more than ever in my life. I'm tired of being conscious of natural, spiritual, or excuse me, natural carnal things all the time. Right? It's just... You know, earthly, 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 natural jobs, you know, concerns. got to pay bills. You get groceries for the family. got to get up in the morning. got to do this. Gotta, it's just natural, natural, natural all the time. I'm ready for some spirit, right? I'm ready, for, I'm ready for a difference that having the spirit of God on the inside of me makes versus what the world has. That's what separates us. If we just get saved and nothing happens and uh, we just change our spiritual, our eternal destination, if we just do that and that's it, well, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. But the rest of the time here on earth, we're just going to be boring and subject to the same thing that the, the world or non-believers are subject to. And no, we can walk in fellowship with God. We can be one. one. Jesus knew his God. Yes. He knew his Father. And guess what? He walked, he walked in a natural body. He walked in natural flesh. He, he experienced the same things you do throughout your day. He was a carpenter. That's how he made his living. He was a carpenter. So I got, can I get an amen from any carpenters in here? All right. <laughs> I know several of you is carpenters, are carpenters. So he had, let me say this. He was God in flesh. He had the spirit without measure, right? We have it in a portion, but he had the spirit without measure, but he was still in a flesh suit called a body. He had the limitation. He didn't go back and forth in the, between heaven and earth, you know, back in like Superman, right? He didn't say, you know, physical body, stand still. And he steps out of it, and his spirit walks around, and then he starts communing supernaturally. No. He was in a body just like us, and he had to start out by faith, just like That's right. just like you do. Yes, sir. He had the same limitations. But but he believed the word. He believed God. And he developed such a closeness and union that they were one. And we talked about number one, you have to realize that you're pre programmed to fellowship with God. Don't, don't, try to, don't try to work at proving to yourself that. God loves you enough or that you have the ability to fellowship and communicate with God. That's pre-programmed into you. It was installed in your DNA, your spiritual DNA when you got born again. If you're born again, you've got God's spirit living on the inside of you. You can hear him and you can talk to him. Amen. Remember what I said last week? You got the CB radio on the inside of you. Breaker, breaker, one nine. Ten four, good buddy. Right? You've got the, you've got the transmitter right here. But you got to hit the what, what a transmitter. Receive. You've got the receiver right here. you just got to hit the transmitter and talk to him sometimes. Or a lot of times, right? So you've got the goods on the inside of you. You're a spirit being. So you can communicate spiritually. So realize you have to have... Or excuse me, realize that you are programmed. Listen to this. It's through the spirit of man that God communicates with us. God does not communicate with humans through their souls because he does not live and the solical realm. Now, it might come up to your head out of your spirit. Obviously, it has to because you have to un- understand, you know, what's coming out of your spirit. It's just not something you don't even understand what you're doing or why you're doing it. No, it, your spirit man gives light to your natural man because you have to receive instruction. We talk, and we, you can see this throughout the, the Word where God spoke to people. Bore witness with them, right, and they knew okay that 's the way I should go that's that's that 's what the lord's doing saying sometimes it might just bear, when bearing witness it might just be a peaceful you know brother Hagin used to say it 's that warm velvety feeling that you feel on the inside, maybe about a decision that you 're making and in this what we 're talking about today is fellowship and, and being more conscious of God number two you have to uh, you have to understand that God also desires fellowship. You have to understand and get that in your head. God desires fellowship with you just as much as you do Him. Listen to what He says in James 4.8. James 4.8. Draw near to God, and He will what? Draw near to you. And it says, you know, there's some little reminders in there. Hey, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He's saying, look, get all... Get all the junk, get all the pride, ask me for forgiveness, get it right with me, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. He's waiting for somebody to show effort. You know what that is? That's a challenge. Is it not? Hey, if you do this, I'll do that. Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Now, what does drawing nigh look like? Draw nigh, right? That's some fancy uh, King James, Elizabethan, English phrase, draw nigh. What, what does that mean? He's going to like rub shoulders with you, you know, or what? No, he's going to fellowship with you. You're going to sense his presence. You're going to know he's there. He's going to talk to you. He's going to bless you. Listen, listen to what he says in Genesis 3:8. what it says. This is Genesis 3.8. Adam and Eve had sinned, and they hid themselves self from, from God. It says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the what? The presence of the Lord God amongst the tree of the garden. They could talk to God. They could sense His presence. Guess what? At this point, they had lost fellowship. They had sinned. Because, if you read in there, they hid themselves. Why would they hide themselves? Because they were ashamed. They ate ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had sinned. They knew something was wrong. They knew they were naked. They knew, uh uh-oh, we messed up. So they hid. But the fact I want you to see here, God talked to them. God showed them his presence. And guess what? If you are born again and God's spirit lives on the inside of you, how much more does God want to talk to you? Why would he put, he put his spirit on the inside of you if he didn't want fellowship, if he didn't want to win you back through Jesus Christ because of what happened? Adam. Adam. We were created to be friends of God. Now listen to this. I I love this because, you know, once you understand that God desires fellowship, once you understand that He wants you, He wants you to talk with Him, He wants you to fellowship with Him, He wants you to know Him, man, that gives you faith. That sets you free. Because you're like, wow, He he cares about me. He He wants to know what I care about. Listen, listen to what Revelations 3, 19 through 20 says. Revelations three nineteen through 20 says, as, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. I stand at the door and knock. Does that sound like somebody who doesn't want to be bothered? No, he's coming to your door. He's approaching your porch. And he says, not only if you open the door, but I'll, I'll come in to him and dine with him. And he with me. If that is not a scriptural-based argument for fellowship, and God wants fellowship with you, and desires that, and proves that you can fellowship back with him, I don't know what is. We can just shut the Bible and go on home. Right? That's, that is as bold as it can get. You've got to understand he desires that. Listen to what 1 John 1, 1-3 says. 1 John 1, 1-3, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon. So John is given an eyewitness account. He's talking about Jesus. That which we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, which is Jesus. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was the father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have what? that you may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. I mean, do you think He's trying to say anything? I pray that they be one, as you are one with me and I, you. I, our fellowship is this, I stand at the door and knock. I mean, my goodness. What more does He have to say to get you to fellowship and talk with Him? Now let me ask you this. Would He make you go through all this effort And not show himself to you and not reward you with his presence. No, he's wanting somebody to test his word. He's wanting somebody to fellowship with him. He's desiring it more than you ever know. But people are too cold and indifferent to it and they don't care. Did you hear that pen drop? (laughs) <laughs> Man, that was like, ding. The church is, on a whole, is too cold and indifferent to the scriptures and to the voice of God, so they don't, eh, if I hear them, I hear them. If I don't, I don't. And that's sad, because we could be so much in a better place as the church, and you can in your own life. And guess what? You can make that change today. You can flip the switch and just, okay, we'll do that. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about getting up in the morning and saying, Lord, I just love you, I thank you, amen, or doing your little devotional time. I'm talking about being conscious. God's on the inside of me. Praise the Lord, thank you. Amen. It takes effort. That's my next point. Make an effort. Number three, make an effort. Number one, realize that you're pre-programmed. To fellowship with God, you've got the goods, you've got the DNA, you've got the receiver, you've got the CB. You can talk. You have the ability. Number two, understand that God desires it. Number three, then you have to make an effort. Psalm 73, 28 says, Psalm 73, 28, But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all of your works. It is good for me to draw near to God. And let's go back to James 4 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You have to, you have to draw near to him. Listen, cleanse your, your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. What does Matthew 7 7 through 8 say? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek. What does Matthew 5 6 say? Hunger. What does Hebrews eleven six 6 say? He is a rewarder of those who what? is diligent, half-hearted. It takes some work to get to this place. Listen, Jesus, Smith Wigglesworth, all these great men of God, didn't just get there on a little five-minute devotion in the morning time with their cup of coffee. <laughs> they don't cut it. Now listen, I'm not saying that, oh, okay, if I do three hours a day of just worshiping God, and if I do this and this and that, no, 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 no. It's not some specific formula. It's not like, okay, this, this, and that. Just seek God. Hunger, hunger after God. If He tells you spend an hour in prayer lay there at night before you go to bed, spend an hour in prayer. If He tells you read a certain scripture and meditate on it, do that. Do whatever He tells you to do. He'll get you there. Draw near to Him, and He'll draw near to you. He'll teach you how to draw near to Him. But we have to listen to Him. The other day I was working... Out here on the property, I was cutting some trees down and and doing some work, and it was hot and sweaty, and you know, just wanting to get done. I was in a hurry, just wanting to get it done, you know, get some stuff cleaned up. And it's like the Lord just in my heart says, "You hadn't." Now I didn't hear a word audibly. I didn't hear, you know, it wasn't over my shoulder. Thus saith the Lord. I had that impression on the inside of me. I had that witness, that sense that, hey, you ain't talked to me in a while. And she got up this morning. It's like, I, don't, I, I can't describe it. It's like him pulling on me on the inside. Just like, hey, God. I said, hey, Lord, thank you. I love you. Appreciate you. Thank you for your goodness. As I'm working the chainsaw, just still on the inside, thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your ever-abiding presence. I'm more conscious of you right now than I am this chainsaw. Lord, I thank you. Now just pray in the spirit a little bit. I'm practicing the presence of God. But I listened to I didn't ignore it and go, yeah, I'll, I'll get to him later tonight. You don't, you don't think that, oh, I'll get to you, Lord, but you do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's my devotion time before I go to bed tonight, yeah. No. Do it then. Listen to that inward witness that says, hey, fellowship with me. Talk to me. Is this making any sense to you? We have to make an effort. What is seek? What is hunger? What is drawing nigh? What is diligent, diligently all signify effort. It takes effort. But if you'll make the effort, he'll, get, he'll give you the effort back. Yes, Number four, be sensitive to his voice. Be sensitive to his voice. Just like kind of like a, you know, like I just said then. I, I just didn't ignore that inward witness, that that inward prompting to talk to God. Because, see, my prayer has been, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to walk in that abiding presence. I want, I'm a Christian. I want to act like a Christian. I want to. I want to. Not, I'm not talking about being good. I'm talking about I want to be a Christian. I want to be a, a believer communicating with their Father. I want to know you more. I want to experience your presence more. Because, guess what? If I do things in my own flesh, I get nowhere. If I if I make an effort in my own attempts in my own abilities, I get nowhere. In other words, if I try to be happy on my own, there's never happiness. It's only happiness in fellowship with God. This is what did He say? Jesus said, "This is eternal life." Remember, we said, "This is eternal life." What's eternal life, Lord? That they may know the only one true God and His Son Jesus Christ. That's eternal life, is knowing. Knowing, yeah, we know eternal life in the sense that eternal life has many different meanings in the Scriptures, but we know eternal life principally is to live forever in His kingdom, in heaven, right? But eternal life also is fellowship with God, experiencing the eternal life. See, you have eternal life in your spirit. That's how you can live forever. You have eternal life in you. But that eternal life has glory, it has wisdom, it has knowledge, it has peace, spirit on the inside of you, the glory. The Bible says, you know, if you look it up in the Greek, the zoe life of God on the inside of you. You've got the zoe, which is the life of God on the inside of you. And you can experience so much more than what you're experiencing right now. That's why half, three quarters of the church is bored. That's why it's you know hard to fill up the seats on Sunday mornings. People are just bored with God, whatever, right? Come on now, I'm preaching good. Come on, man. Yes, sir. Come on. I'm just being real with you, right? But this is how you go from being bored to being excited. Yeah. Man, I'm excited. I'm, you know, it, it takes effort. It takes, but the moment I started making effort, the moment I started being diligent about seeking God and saying, you know, I'm just going to talk to Him. That's what Brother Lawrence, <laughs> the monk, he said, I just talked to God, and when I wash dishes, God's washing dishes with me. Amen. Now, you're doing that by faith, and I don't all of a sudden, hey, God, how are you doing? I'm good, son. Ooh, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> oh, I just heard from heaven, right? No, I just talked to him because I believe he's hearing me. What a novel idea. Do you think God hears you? If he sees the thoughts and intents of your heart, you think he hears you verbally? Well, sure he does. If we know he hears us when we pray, we have the petitions that we asked for when we prayed, right? No, he hears you. So faith says okay, if I talk to God, he hears me. And eventually he will talk back. Amen. Your spirit will get sensitive and you'll start getting things. Whoa, what was that? I think that was God. Yeah, that was God, right? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Now, he's not talking about... I pointed in my ear. I shouldn't have done that. He's not talking about audibly. They, my sheep hear my voice on the inside, right here. And I know them, and they follow me. Romans 8, 16 says, the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If we don't seek His face, our spiritual sensitivity can be dulled and we become what the Bible says dull of hearing. I'm going to close right here. I've got a lot more we'll pick up next next Sunday. But we can become dull of hearing as well. Just like we can know, we cannot know. Right? Remember I said earlier, it's like, man, is that, is that God? And then you can think back to a time maybe in your life when you were like, man, I know that's God speaking to me, right? Mm-hmm. You can sharpen your hearing again. But listen, I would say the number one, we, I was talking with this last week, me and Jimmy, we're talking about this. Excuse me. The number one um, tool or key to fellowshipping with God is identification. If you, if you can identify principal things, I'm a child of God. God's given me his righteousness, so I don't have to be good enough. I don't, to, you know, I don't have to earn the right to fellowship with him and talk to him. I've already earned it when I believed. That's the work. You know, it's not by uh, works that we're saved, right? Our works is, is uh, filthy rags. He's saying your works won't save you one bit. It won't get one little minute, microscopic ounce of salvation into your spirit. But believing will and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so once you've done that, guess what? You have his righteousness. And you can talk to him. And the Bible says you can approach the throne boldly. Amen. He didn't even say, I hey, approach the throne uh, that you may obtain, uh, obtain mercy and grace and find help in a time of need. He didn't say that scripture, did he? He said, approach the throne boldly. He didn't say, oh, come up. No, he said, come right up. If I said boldly, right? You going stretch your chest out. Right? No, you're not being arrogant. You're not being cocky. You're confident in God's ability on the inside of you and... His righteousness on the inside of you, because if you didn't identify with that, you'd be scared to approach the throne. So that's why you must identify and say, you know what? I'm God's child. He loves me. He sent his own son for me. So why wouldn't he mind me talking to him and approaching him and him hearing my prayers and me hearing him? If he sent his own son for you, good Lord, wouldn't he let you talk to him? In John chapter 17, it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And he's praying for believers. And one thing that Jesus says, he prays. Go ahead and stand. One thing that he says and he prays is this. He says, I pray that that they would know that you have loved them as you have loved me. Now, when my little Pentecostal religious mind read that scripture for the first time, I was like, did he just say that God loves us the same as Jesus Christ? No, 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 no. I got to reread that. No. I bet I reread that scripture three or four times. Lord, I pray, Father, I pray that they may know that you have loved them as... As in the same way that you have loved me, your son, Jesus. Now, what happens when you get that in your spirit? You start to identify, oh my goodness. And it's easier for you to walk in the presence of God, to fellowship with God and to know God and for him to talk to you. If we can walk in more of a consciousness of God on the inside of us, you won't be timid. You'll step up. And obey God. You'll pray for somebody out in the parking lot. You'll have the boldness to do that. You'll have the boldness because you're hearing His voice clearly, and you can obey Him a lot quicker, because you're in fellowship with Him. You've practiced the presence of God, so there's no doubt. There's no dull of hearing, right? What are the first four things principles we can position? We can do to position ourselves. Number one, realize that you have the goods. You have the tools on the inside of you to hear. When you draw near to Him, guess what? You're going to hear. You're going to see His face. Number two, realize that He wants fellowship just as much as you do. He wants to fellowship with you. Number three, be sensitive. Number four, make an effort. These are all just little keys to help guide you. The rest of the little details hide how this, what, when, where, what scripture, what kind of prayer, when. you know, The Holy Spirit will tell you. He'll impress you. He'll bear witness with you. Amen? Did you get anything this morning? Amen. I really believe, I strongly on my heart, I'm, I'm endeavoring to do this in a greater measure in my life and I can, I can tell a difference already. God's speaking to me, uh, God's impressing upon me, just like, you know, hey, uh, you said you wanted this, I'm, I wanna talk to you. I just talked to him. Hey Lord, I love you. I got this coming up, because I have some grace. I need, I need grace. In this area, Lord, I've got this to... i got to preach this morning, Lord. Give me your grace. Give me your ability. That's what I talked to him. I didn't go, Lord Jesus. Oh, Heavenly Father, the Lord that made the heavens and the earth. Lord, I pray that somehow, in your perfect will, Lord, you would bestow upon me your power and your ability to minister to these blessed ones that you have called this morning. I said, Lord, give me grace to minister. Give me your ability from heaven. These people are coming. They've had experience. Test trials this week. Carers of this world that the Bible talks about that try to choke out the word. Lord, give me a word for them. Let me, yes, I've prepared myself. I've made notes. But give me what you want to say, Lord. Just like I would my wife. Hey, sweetie, would you do that? You know, the same way. He didn't say... Thus saith the Lord, Brandon. I will do this, my son. It is granted, as you have asked, you shall receive. He didn't say that to me. But I know he heard me, and I believe it by faith. And I tell you what, he just showed out because I did pretty good this morning. (laughs) I'm messing with you, I'm just serious. I mean, I'm joking, I'm joking, no. I'm being honorary. I'm just messing with you. It's all by his grace, his ability, and his power, amen just bow your heads real quick not trying to rush this time this is an important time but we do want to make sure that everybody has the ability to hear God for themselves and how how do you get that ability by being born again period if you're not born again if you're in here today you don't know that you're born again you don't know that if you died you would go to heaven or hell you have no idea you've got doubts in your heads in your head and you don't know if that's you, you can know for sure. And all you have to do is believe and trust and put your faith in Jesus Christ. Number two, you might be in here. You've done that, but you've grown dull of hearing. You've gotten away, or as, the Bible, as we say, you've gotten out of fellowship. And you've grown dull of hearing. Maybe you started doing some things that you used to do before you even got born again. And you need to come back into fellowship with Father God. Or number three... You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Friend, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you need it. It's a gift to empower you, to help you to, uh, listen, to fellowship more, to come into a a greater depth of relationship with Father God, the Holy Spirit, the baptism, speaking in tongues, communicating with Him supernaturally is the key. If if any of those three calls, if those bear witness with you, if those are speaking to you, salvation, rededication, or baptism, just lift your hand. I just want to pray with you. I always want to make sure. You need Jesus. You need a know-so experience. You need to rededicate your life. You need the baptism. Anybody. Lord, I pray. I didn't see any hands, but Father God, if there be anybody in here that needs to get things right with you, that needs to be born again, that needs to be rededicated, Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, that they would. I pray that they would come to a saving knowledge, a saving grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening today. For more information about Faith Christian Family Church, you can check us out online at churchinthecornfield.org.